0: Well I hope you guys are enjoying your weekend that you're having a wonderful day this week has been kind of crazy for me and fun all at the same time all right let me explain so this week started off um, Sunday was a first alert weather day for us Now for those of you listening who don't know what that is um, in the I'm not gonna say in the south but in Alabama the part the um, area of Alabama where I live the weather the meteorologist he, Always, Whenever there's going to be a lot of bad weather, storms, flooding, rain, etc. He calls it a first alert weather day. Which just means that's a day that you need to pay special attention to, be weather aware, to make sure that you are safe at the end of the day. So, I didn't realize this when I moved to Huntsville in 2001. I had no idea that I was moving to Tornado Alley. And yeah, I mean... I used to live in South Carolina. We did have tornadoes, but it wasn't like a big deal with sirens to be going off and everyone's on the news, like just blasting your television with weather and stuff. It wasn't like that. I remember in South Carolina, we would have tornado warrant watches mostly. They never really translated into a warning except for maybe two times that I recall. But even then it wasn't this big production about it. It was just like, Something at the bottom of your screen, you know, you how you hit that beep beep, and it would be at the bottom of your screen, and it would say something like tornado spotted near such and such and such, you know, go to shelter or something like that. It would be like that, but we hardly ever had any of those issues. We just had like thunderstorms that we did have sometimes where hurricane warnings or stuff like that, but it wasn't a lot of tornado warnings. And if it, it nah, it wasn't a lot of tornado warnings because I would have remembered that. I mean we had some, but it was nothing like this. So 2001, graduated, moved to um, Alabama. And pretty much the first year I was here, I experienced what it was like to have a tornado warning here in Alabama. It's like sirens are going off. You don't know what's going on. Well, I didn't know what's going on because I was new to the area. I was freaked out. Sirens were blaring and going off. I didn't know what to do, whether I should leave. I knew I shouldn't leave my house, but I didn't know where to go in my house. I just had no clue. It was quite terrifying for me the first time. Even one weekend with my mom, she came to visit with my sister, and she was freaking out because she was in my apartment at the time, and all she heard was sirens going off. She didn't know what was happening what was going on. So, yeah, like, tornado warnings here is a big deal. And the thing is, like, usually... It's a good day. It's like the sun is shining, life is great, and then that evening, siren's going off. You're just like, Oh my goodness, I hope I don't get blown away. So Sunday was one of those days. Now the meteorologists have forecasted it for a couple of days since earlier that week. So everybody in this area knew Sunday was the first alert weather day. So it started off great because He was like, well, it's supposed to be 74 degrees, the sun's supposed to be shining. Uh, Well, it was going to start off with rain that that day. Um, Then the rain would stop. We would have the sun come out. It's going to be 74 degrees, and then we're going to have severe weather that night. But thankfully, that weather report was not correct because it started off raining, but the great thing is it never stopped raining, and we never – got out of the 50-degree rain. So we ne- the weather never hit 74 degrees. It was cold and chilly all day, and it was rainy and dreary. The sun did not come out once. So that was great for us. Now, most of the people in Alabama, we just know that if it's a rainy day, if it's dreary, if it's cold, it's like it can't be warm. If it's cold, rainy, dreary, and the sun does not come out, we know that our chances of a tornado has been decreased because – the atmosphere is not so unstable. So whenever we see um, sun in the high 70s, 80s, we know it's going to be bad because the weather or the atmosphere is unstable. So we just know if it's hot and it's a good day and we're supposed to have tornadoes that day, it's not going to be good for us because the atmosphere is unstable. And we also know that if... We're supposed to have tornadoes on a day, but it's cold, dreary, rainy all day. Sun doesn't come out. We know that um, that stabilizes the atmosphere, and our chances of a tornado goes down. Now, don't ask me why this happens. I don't know. I'm not a meteorologist. I'm sure they could explain in better detail, but I have. I just know from experience. And most of us here know. When the conditions are favorable, just based on what we see, and when they're not favorable, just based off of experience and things we watch on TV. And believe me, what we have here, whenever we have first alert weather days, we do have like the meteorologist comes on. He stops all the programming, and he's also on Facebook Live now. So he comes on, and he just shows you areas where the tornado would be headed with his bad weather. Now he did come on Sunday because he just wasn't. We didn't see anything in this area to make us think a tornado was going to happen and it was raining still, he just came on because he wanted to let people know what was going to happen in case he saw a spin up or something like that, but he didn't, so we ended up watching, um, I ended up, I'm usually like the designated person to watch for weather, so I watched the meteorologist while he was going through, but it was like an area, I think close to Birmingham, like or south of it, I'm not sure where, where, They did have bad weather, and he did spot a tornado on the ground, and people were reporting they spotted tornadoes. And even though we did not have one here, thank God for that, there were tornadoes around us. There were tornadoes in Mississippi. I think um, some parts of Alabama got a tornado. Georgia, Chattanooga may have, because I know my um, in-laws, their power was knocked out. So I'm, I think they had one there. There was one in Georgia. I mean, they happened around Alabama. It just didn't happen in the area where I live. So I'm thankful for that. And I'm also thankful that all my family that were in areas affected by the tornado were okay. So, yeah, Sunday was a crazy day. It started off really crazy. But as the week as the week is going on, it's not that bad. Now, I did have some difficulty. um, with this whole helping your kids with distance learning thing. I don't know if it's just me or what, but I'm having a hard time with it. Yes, they give the kids the assignments. Yes, they have laptops and they can work on it. My kids even have a desk and, like, their little cubbies where they can, well, I bought them, like, little things they could put their work in or their school supplies. They have the area designated for work, but it's just all this homework. I mean, all these assignments, and I'm trying to help. Thank God she can do most of it on her own. I have an eighth grader, sixth grader, and a fifth grader. So trying to help everybody with their homework, trying to make sure they get it in. Teachers are constantly emailing. And then the question is like, once you get it done, can someone please tell me how we're supposed to submit this? Because there are no clear instructions on how to submit their assignments. So I've been having issues with that. And I took them for a walk. I took my kids for a walk for PE. It did not turn out well. But the point still remains, I miss teachers. I wish we could go back to the way things were. I wish kids could go to school. I wish teachers could teach again. They have a hard job. So if any of you out there are teachers, I just want to say thank you, not just for me, but for all the parents out there who I'm sure are struggling with trying to help our kids and teach them with this distance learning. I just want to say thank you so much for all that you do. Thank you for helping our kids. Thank you for being dedicated. Just thank you so very much. I do want to put in that the teachers for the kids' schools are still helpful, and they're very, um, yeah. How can I put? They're very supportive during this time. If you have questions, you can email them; they respond. I have no complaints. I just wish they could teach my kids. Anyway, we understand what's happening now. But teachers, thank you so much. We appreciate you, and we can't wait till you can get back and resume teaching. Now, if you guys are hearing any noise in the background right now, I'm working from home. My kids are here. They're supposed to be quiet, but I'm not sure if they're actually paying attention to that. So I'm going to try to cut it out. If you hear it, please disregard it. I am truly sorry. All right. Well, guys, if you have any ideas about what I can do to be better organized with this distance learning thing, please let me know. Just go to the Music and Vibes podcast Facebook page and message me and give me any idea or suggestion that you have, because I will definitely listen and take these ideas and suggestions. Anything you have to offer on this whole topic would be greatly appreciated. So go over there right now. I can't wait to hear what you have to say. Today on the podcast, I would like to talk about fighting fair in your marriage. I think that it's fair to say that the majority of us have been quarantined now for almost a month. My family has been quarantined since March 16th. So we have been in the house for about a month now. And aside from work and going to the grocery store, our family has pretty much been able to stay inside. Now, this is the first time ever, once you think about it, that we have all been stuck in the house for such a long time, and even though we have been positive and we've been doing fun activities on the weekend and being good sports about the situation, because we understand the importance of staying at home, it is not always easy to be in the house with so many people. Yeah, it's not. I was telling my friend the other day um, that I actually do like staying home. Now, for most of me, who know most people who know me, know like I'm a homebody. I like to stay home. I do. But even with staying home, I like to have an option of going places and doing things. So I like to stay home a lot. I like to watch TV, uh, work, and do stuff at the house. But I also like to be able to just take the kids. We can go somewhere. We can do something. So not having the option of being able to go anywhere or do anything has been a major adjustment for me. Now, as you heard earlier, I'm trying to help my kids with distance learning. And that has also been a big adjustment for me. So I get it. All of us are having to make adjustments and deal with situations that we've never, ever had to deal with before. But we are resilient, and I know that we're going to be okay. It's just going to take some adjusting to get used to this because I'm sure that once everything is, once we're allowed to go back out, I'm pretty sure things are not going to go back to normal until we have a vaccine. But I don't exactly know what the, how we're going to, transition back into going out and doing things but regardless this is where we are right now so because of the extended time together at home i'm sure that many of you couples out there may be having some arguments and disagreements which is totally normal since we have been together for such a long time but the problem may be that you were having arguments and disagreements to begin with but the extended time at home has made the arguments worse made the disagreements worse And if that is happening to you, that's also normal. What I want to let you know is that there are ways to resolve disagreements without tearing each other down or tearing down your marriage or your relationship. Now, the majority of the time, disagreements and arguments are just misunderstandings that no one ever took the time to really figure out what is going on. Think about it. Think about the arguments that you've had with your spouse or significant other that have escalated and got out of hand and you guys were mad at each other. But once you sat down, you came together and you talked about it, it was just a misunderstanding. And that's typically what arguments are. Here's an example. Now, this wasn't an argument. But yesterday, my daughter, she's 11, had a meltdown. Like, she was crying, she was upset because I wouldn't do this activity with her. But the activity was an activity she was supposed to probably do alone. And it was an activity that she really didn't need my help to do because it was school work. So, you know, I'm trying not to give answers here. She probably needs to do it on her own. But she didn't Well, I guess she did understand. But she was crying about it. She was upset. Like, mommy, I really want you to do it. You really need to do this with me. And I was like, well, I don't see why I have to do this with you when you can do this by yourself. Then she tells me that the assignment is an optional assignment so of course I'm just like well if it's optional why are we even doing it but once we sat down and we talked about it it came out where that's an assignment that she usually did with her friends at school and she didn't want to do it alone she just wanted to do it with someone and she wanted to do it with me so what she was saying is that she wanted to do it with her mom because she wanted to spend some time with me But at the time, I didn't quite understand that because all I heard was the whining, the crying. And I'm just like, you're too old for this. Stop it. I don't understand what is going on. But once we were able to sit down and talk about it, I understood. She just misses her friends. This is an assignment she does with her friends in school. And because she loves her mom and wants to spend time with me, she wanted to do the assignment with me. Now, this is my daughter. I think that her love language is... um, time quality time so of course it makes sense that you wanted to spend time with me and do this assignment but at the time I didn't get it come just like it's optional I'm not supposed to be helping you with your schoolwork. I mean helping you but not doing it you know what to do and I was like I don't want to do it and let me just say it was this activity that's called an escape room where you have to do all these different assignments like six separate assignments to come up with one answer to share and turn in it's a lot of work the last time I helped her with that um it took me two hours to do, so I was not trying to do that. But after we talked, I understood, and so I was like, okay. Even though it's an optional assignment, we'll work hard this week, and then we'll probably do it together on Friday. So that is what happened there. So this is a re- this is something I'm telling you that happened with my eleven year old. So if my eleven year old is having meltdowns and having some adjustment issues with this whole situation. Imagine what your spouse is going through right now. Imagine what you're going through right now. So, of course, the attitudes are probably not going to be 100% all the time. There's probably going to be some frustration, some complaining, and whining, grown people do whine, it happens. There's probably going to be times when your spouse does not know how to express themselves except in frustration or anger, which will probably end up with big disagreements or arguments. But it doesn't have to be this way. We do not have to spend the time that we are in the house with our spouse or significant others arguing and fighting because we don't know how to deal with what's happening. What we can do is learn how to fight fair. And here's how I say fight fair. We can't control how our spouse or significant other is going to react to this time. We can't control their emotions. We can't control what they say, what they think, how they feel, how they even um, ask for help. Because many people cry out for help with different emotions. Sometimes it's silly. Sometimes it's anger, frustration, sadness. Whatever it is, people cry out for help in different ways. So we cannot control how it's done and we don't we have to be aware of when our spouse is asking for help even if the way they're asking for help is not in the best way possible and even if it's angry or frustrated or sounding frustrated or even if their way of asking for help comes out in the form of argument we can't control them but what we can control is ourselves and one thing we all have to remember and i think it's important to remember that when there are arguments it is not our responsibility it's not our It's not our job. It's not our responsibility. And it's not our right to sit up there and have an argument back with someone. Because when arguments happen, it's like someone says something, so then you say something, and then they say something. And each time, mostly in arguments, you start, you're not dealing with the problem. You are talking about, well, you never did this. Oh, well, you didn't do this. And then it gets more to attacking the person. And in arguments, you don't want to attack the person because the person is not the problem. The problem is the issue at hand and not them. So that's why it's important not to attack your spouse doing arguments. But the best way to fight fair in arguments is not to really argue with them. Now, I know when I say fighting fair, it sounds like you let your spouse have a turn to say something, then you say something. No. That is not what I'm talking about with fighting fair because that never works out. It's like you say something mean, they say something mean. It doesn't work. So, that's not what I'm talking about. Fighting fair is totally different and it will change exactly how you think about fighting. Now, when I say the term fighting fair, I'm not talking about just not saying anything at all because when you are in an argument, you don't want to shut down because when you shut down, you're not focusing on what's being said. So... Instead of reacting the way we normally would, which is with anger or frustration, when we fight fair, we need to determine within ourselves to be the bigger person in the fight. Remember, the goal is not to win this battle or win the argument, but it is to win the war and to have a long, healthy successful, thriving marriage. We need to begin to reframe how we view our spouses doing arguments because I know that sometimes when my husband and I have arguments, I'm just like, what a jerk. Why is he saying all this? Oh, he's just being selfish or this, that, and the other. Now, that's just me. Now, I don't know what you say about your spouse when you're having arguments. I don't know what names you call them. But we have to stop because they're not being a jerk. They're just trying to express their feelings, but they just don't know how to do it. Appropriately, So they're not being a jerk. They're not being whatever that name is you call your spouse the other day when he got on your nerves or when she got on your nerves. They're not doing that. What we need to understand is that we are dealing with an individual who has a need that they cannot communicate what the need is and how they need the need met. And they're coming at you with frustration and anger because they don't even know how to communicate it, even if they may not even know what that need is. But once you sit down and figure it out, you will know what that need is. So we have to remember that they're human and that they're not really mad at us. They're just frustrated and cannot express what they're feeling appropriately or what needs to be done to fix it. So we need to sit down and we need to begin asking ourselves, like while they're going on or whatever, instead of thinking of the mean things to say, you can just take a step back and listen to what they're saying. And based on the knowledge that you have on your spouse and about them, because we know a lot about our spouse. We know what makes them tick, what makes them upset, what makes them angry. So it shouldn't be that difficult for us to sit down and say, okay. Okay, it is difficult because when we're in the middle of an argument or someone's coming at us wrong, we don't want to ask these questions. So, yeah, it is difficult. But what I'm saying is we need to sit down during this time, even while they're going on, Just listen to what they're saying, and then we say say to yourself, we need to ask ourselves, like, what are they trying to say? What are they asking for? Because that's the key. Once we discover the answer to these questions, then we can begin to address the real issue at hand. We can talk about the real issue together. Fighting fair requires a lot of patience. Lots of patience. Oh, yeah, did I mention lots of patience? It requires tons of empathy and listening. And no speaking. So if you are up to the challenge, and this is going to be a challenge, here are some ways that you can begin to fight fear. First, acknowledge the difficulty. So you have to acknowledge what your spouse or significant other is saying. If they're mad at you or they're going on and on about something, acknowledge what they're saying. Acknowledge the difficulty. Acknowledge what they're upset about. And let them know, I get it, you're upset about this or the other, I understand. Acknowledge what it is that they are upset about. Because when you acknowledge what they're upset about, you let them know that you're important to me. Your feelings are valid. Your feelings are, you have a right to feel this way. So you can acknowledge their feelings. And it's important to acknowledge their feelings because you let them know that you care and you value them. So you acknowledge their feelings. Admit to them that you are listening to what they're saying and you're responding to their emotion, even if it's tough for you. So acknowledge the difficulty. Acknowledge what they're saying. Acknowledge their feelings. Acknowledge the emotion so that they know that they have value, what they're saying is valued. Validate their feelings. Let them know that you get it, you understand. So acknowledge the difficulty. Acknowledge what they're doing. Another thing you can do to help you because acknowledging difficulty and acknowledging other people's feelings may be difficult to do because we may not see it the same way. So what they're feeling may not be what we meant or how we see things, but we have to acknowledge their feelings because it's them that's feeling this and it's them that have and understanding about what's going on. It's their perception. And perception becomes reality. So this is what they're perceiving. This is their reality at that time, and this is what they're thinking. So acknowledging the difficulty can stress you out and make you upset and frustrated. So that is why another thing to do is to self-soothe. And self-soothing just means that you are not going to allow your spouse's feelings of negativity or anger or whatever it is to get to you and cause you to react in an angry way because remember we're trying to win a war and when you're winning a war you can't be crazy you can't be psycho you can't be irrational you have to have the right frame of mind to win a war now we're just fighting a battle then yeah you can go all out and win that battle but if you're trying to fight a war and you're trying to win the war and figure out what's going on you need to be able to concentrate and focus on what's going on Now, when you self-soothe, there are many things you can do. And here are just some ways you can do You can sit in a comfortable chair. You can lay down. You can relax. You can focus on controlling your breathing. You can relax your muscles. You can just do things that will help you to relax. This is how you can self-soothe. And this may even mean taking a step away from the argument or what's going on right now so that you can self-sube and so that you can get perspective and know what you need to do moving forward to approach the issue and to approach the problem. Now remember, just because someone's having an argument with you right then and there doesn't mean that you have to finish it. Now, if someone starts an argument with you, you don't have to finish it at that moment. You don't have to even try to figure out what's going on at that moment. You can listen to hear what they're saying and acknowledge the difficulty then agree to come back later after you self-soothe so that you can focus on the real issue. Because sometimes you cannot fight or deal with, you can't fight fair if you don't take some time away from the situation. And the reason I say this is because so many times you're so caught up in the emotion, you're caught up, your adrenaline is flowing, and in your head you're like, I know he didn't just say that to me. Oh, no, she did not. I mean, it's just crazy. That's just what happens. So you have to acknowledge the difficulty Take some time away so that you can get some perspective, hear what they're saying, think about what's being said, and then come back at it and come back and resume the conversation when you are in a better place of mind, better frame of mind, and you're more rational so that you guys can deal with the issue. Remember, the goal here is to understand what is going on because so many times it's easy not to understand what is happening in an argument the goal is to understand because once you understand then you can fix this you can change this you can work on it you can come up with ways to resolve the issue instead of just making it worse and making it blow up so the goal is understanding that is why it's important to acknowledge the mm-hmm. difficulties, step away from the situation to self-soothe because you have to remember the goal here is to understand Use exploratory questions and open-ended questions. So when you come back, it's important to use open-ended questions and exploratory questions. Now, why is that? Yes, because we are trying to explore and find out what is going on. How can we resolve this issue? So if you don't ask these questions and you just come up with your own assumptions, you're going to get it wrong every single time. So it requires some type of communication and talking and asking the right questions And that's why when you ask the right questions, you can get the right answers. So the open-ended questions are good. And exploratory questions are good because you are finding out from the source himself or herself what is going on. What's the problem? And you can come up with a solution to the problem together and resolve the issue. Now, please, whatever you do, do not ask why. And here's why. You have to avoid asking why because it'll sound like you're being critical. And you may not be, you may just like, why do you feel that way? But to them, they might hear, huh? why do you feel that way? Why would you feel that way? You know, it just comes off wrong. And when people are upset and they're feeling a certain way, even if you say something minor, they might take it out of content. So avoid saying why. Do not ask why. You can say something like, what's making you feel this way? How can I help? You know, things like that, but don't ask why. The next thing that's important to do is to bear witness to what they're saying. So bearing witness means that you're letting them know that you are witnessing their distress. You're witnessing what they're going through. And it means that you are there for them. So when you bear witness to what they're going through, you let them know, hey, I'm here for you. I witness this. I see that you're upset. And a good way to let them know this is like, I see you're upset. I know this is really making you upset. Bear witness To what is going on and let them know that you understand so an example would be let's say your husband or your wife or your significant others at home they're upset they're getting frustrated because they're just feeling trapped and closed in and they say something like I can't take being home anymore it's just too much you can say something like instead of saying why don't you like being home because it sounds like you're attacking them And it sounds like you're coming at them. So instead of going with that, you could say something like, it sounds like you're really stressed out because you have to be home so much and we haven't had a chance to go out. Bear witness and let them know that you understand. And while you're doing this, avoid asking the why questions. Yeah. The next thing that I say would be a good way to fight fair is to use your partner's metaphors. Now, we all know all of our spouses – partners or significant others do not speak regular English when it comes to their emotions and this is probably because or not even English whatever language or dialect that you speak in they're not going to speak that because when people are mad sometimes they don't even know what that feeling is or what they're feeling they just know I'm feeling some kind of way I'm frustrated I'm angry I'm not exactly sure why I can't pinpoint that emotion but I'm going to try to say it. So, they may use metaphors. Like, I know, for example, my husband, whenever he would get upset or frustrated, he would use metaphors. And he would be, like, talking general third person. And you're just sitting there like, huh? What? I don't understand. And so, it just got to a point where I had to just tell him, listen, I don't understand what you're trying to tell me. Could you please just let me know what you're saying? But sometimes they use metaphors. And he does have some metaphors that he does use. So... When I'm trying to talk to him or understand, I'll say, I noticed you mentioned that such and such and such. So i use his own metaphor back to him. When you said this, did you mean this, this, that, or the other? And if I'm wrong, he could be like, no, I didn't mean that. What I meant was, what I was trying to say is this. So this is another way to fight fair because you're using what they're saying, their metaphors, but you're not using it in a, a, a way to attack them or accuse them. You're just going by what they're saying and you are just repeating it back to them to make sure you have a better understanding of what is going on and what they are trying to tell you. Because believe it or not, their metaphors have meaning and it's telling you how they really feel. Maybe they can't express, oh, I'm feeling upset, I'm feeling really stressed out about this situation. Maybe they can't express that verbally, but they can express it in a metaphor. So if you repeat that metaphor back to them and just say, based on what you're saying, this is what I'm getting am i right and then they can tell you and explain their metaphor to you so that it's not a whole bunch of you assuming okay then another thing that you can do is ask them what's missing like if they're saying something and they're upset and they're angry and they're really like having a moment instead of saying something like what's the big deal what are you trying to do why are you doing this don't do that Find out what is missing because you'll see a different side of them. So if your spouse is angry about something and they're like, give me the silent treatment or they just give me short answers or whatever, you can probably say something like, I see that you're upset, what's going on? Or if your spouse is arguing with you at that moment, if you have a moment to stop because I see you're really upset or after you self-soothe and you it just depends. If you need time to take away from when someone's arguing with you to calm down and self-soothe, do that. But even when you come back after that, you can say, I know that you were angry earlier. What seems to be the problem? What's going on? And then you can talk about it that way. Or if you're one of those people who don't need the time to self-soothe, when you have a moment you after listening to what they're saying and you think you kind of have a grasp on what they're trying to tell you, you can say, I noticed that you're really upset about this. What's making you so upset? And then... They, you can work with them and try to figure out what is going on because many times um, the anger is not directed at you. That's why it's important not to take it personally because it's not you they're upset with. They're upset about something else that is happening, but they're just taking it out on you because you are the person that is there. Their attitude may not even be about you. It could be about an insecurity that they have. It could be about something that's going on with them, but they will just get mad at you. So don't make it about you. Don't take it personal. And listen, when you don't take it personally, then it doesn't matter if someone's trying to to start an argument with you because you know, okay, they're upset, they're frustrated, they're having a hard time expressing themselves. I need to figure out what's going on. When you come at it from that point of view, you don't take it personal. like, oh, how dare they talk to me this way? Why would they even say this about me? You spare your own feelings because you realize it's not even about you. Sometimes people's anger and their frustration is directed at something totally different, but it just comes toward you because you happen to be there. So when it comes to your spouse, don't take it personally. They don't mean it. They're just frustrated at this time. And is it fair for them to do this? No. But we need to find out what's going on so that we can fight fair, we can help them get through this and figure out what's going on so that we can come up with a resolution. Don't try to cheer your spouse up if they're upset or if they're frustrated or angry because that's always going to backfire. Don't try to cheer them up because they need to experience this feeling. Because if you don't experience your feelings, you cover them up and then you never work through them. So many times in life, people try not to deal with their emotions, deal with their feelings. And when you don't deal with things, it's not going to, it doesn't go away. It just stays hidden until another situation happens and you react the same way. And when you don't deal with your feelings and when you don't experience them, you can't change how you deal with. With situations you can't even change how you react to situations because you've never dealt with your feelings so don't take it personally don't try to cheer your spouse up let them deal with this emotion let them feel this emotion and be there with them to support them while they feel this emotion so that you guys can work together to figure out what the real issue is in the argument now while you're arguing i've done this before and it's I see it was not a good thing so please don't ever tell your spouse to calm down and my husband said that to me too and I've said it to other people like dude just calm down I don't see what the problem is and that's not a good thing because what you're doing is you're telling them you have no reason to be upset you shouldn't feel this way something's wrong with you because you're feeling this way and that's not true they have a right to feel the way that they feel They have a right to be upset if they are upset. They don't have a right to scream, holler, and act like they're crazy, but since we are not taking it personally, and we realize that they are just dealing with their issues, we don't have the right to tell them to calm down. Just because maybe a situation may not stress us out or may not make us upset doesn't mean that they're wrong because a situation stresses them out or makes them upset. It just means that we're different people, we react differently. And maybe your tolerance for stressful situations could be a lot higher than that of your spouse or your partner. So don't tell them to calm down because when you do that, you're letting them know that there's something wrong with them. You shouldn't be mad about this. I don't acknowledge your feelings. We just let them know that they're not being heard and you're not validating them and that they're not supported. So don't tell them to calm down. Once you guys talk and figure out what the problem is, it's important that you are able to search out the goals and the obstacles so while you guys are talking listen to what they're saying and while you're listening pinpoint search out what the goal of the argument was maybe the goal was to have you help out with this or your spouse feels like they're not supporting this figure out what the goal of the argument was and then listen to what is the obstacle that they can achieve that goal. And then together you guys can work on. Working on. coming, Removing the obstacles. So that you guys can achieve the goal. Of what they were trying to ask you for. That is very important. To do. Now let me see if I can come up with an example. Um, let's see. Let me see if I can come up with an example. An example I'm going to say. Would be like. Let's just say that. Your husband comes in, or let's just say that Henry comes in from work. And he's upset, and he's frustrated, and he gets into an argument with his wife because when he was walking in the house, he tripped over their kid's um, scooter that was in the middle of the floor, and he hurt his knee. Okay, so he's upset at her. He's like, you never clean up. You never do this, this, that, and the other. And what would be... The goal to this argument. The goal is he wants us to be able to come in the house and not fall and break his neck every time he comes in. The obstacle is that the kids are leaving stuff all on the floor and he's falling and getting hurt when he comes in from a hard day at work. Okay, so in the middle of the argument, the thing to do would be search out what the goal is. The goal is he wants to be able to walk into his house and not fall because things are in the way. The obstacle is kids are leaving their stuff in the way and he's tripping when he comes into the house. What is the best way to resolve this issue? Yeah, tell the kids, after you finish playing with this toy, you need to pick up the toy and put it away. Or tell the kids, okay, daddy's getting ready to come home. Make sure you pick up all your toys and move them out of the way. That would be a solution to the problem. So it's important because sometimes the solutions to arguments are so easy. Oh, my goodness, they're so easy. It just takes communication and listening to be able to determine What is the goal of the argument? What's keeping that from happening? And then work to remove the obstacle. So search out the goal and the obstacles. Don't minimize what your spouse is feeling. Please do not minimize it. It's important. And the fact that they're telling you what's going on with them is huge because so many people do not communicate or even try to express things. Yeah, the way they're expressing it probably is not the best and it has a lot to be desired with how they're expressing what they're saying and how they're expressing their emotions, but don't minimize it. Listen to what they're saying. And then after you listen to what they're saying, begin to work together on what you can do to help so that this can be resolved. Now, of course, there are a lot of other ways that you might that you can begin to fight fair, but these are just some of the basic things that you can begin to do now to help you to be able to fight fair and begin to understand your spouse. Now, you would be surprised at how many arguments and disagreements can be eliminated if we would just seek to understand, and instead of trying to win an argument and get your point across, if we just understood and listened and took the time to have empathy during these arguments, it would be so much better, and I do believe a lot of problems could be resolved. Now, what I want you to remember is that it takes two people to argue. So if you don't want arguing in your home and arguing in your marriage, then don't argue and don't respond with a remark. Because if you are winning the war, mean remarks are not going to help. Arguing is not going to help. And if it takes two people to argue, don't argue. Don't say anything. Now, by not saying anything, I'm not saying shut down and ignore what they're saying. Listen to what they're saying. And when they're finished, then you can come in with acknowledging difficulty, scheduling time to talk about it later so that you can self-soothe. Then you can just remember what the goal is and then go from there. We're beginning to work together to try to figure out what the real issue is, what the goal of the conversation was or the argument was, and then begin to remove the obstacles. Now, this is how you are winning the war. This is how you fight fair. Just, and also, please, be kind and show empathy i remember when i was a kid my mom used to always say you can um what did she say you can win more bees with something like um anyway the gist of what she was trying to say i can't remember exactly how it goes and i remembered it a minute ago but the gist of what she's trying to say you can do more and you can win more you can get more just by being kind so when you're arguing remember be kind be understanding Because when you do this, you can take a bad situation and you can turn it into a good situation. How many times have one kind word stopped an argument? I can't even begin to tell you. There have been so many times where someone was being rude or someone was being mean to me. And I said something kind, and it turned the whole situation around. So just remember, kindness is important. To be kind. And it's not like you're being kind to a total stranger. You are being kind to your husband or your wife or your partner or your significant other. Someone who you say you love. And if you love somebody, you're going to have more patience with them. You're going to show them empathy. The things that other people may not be able to get away with you're going to have more time and patience in, with that person because you guys are investing in something. You're investing in a future together, a life together, and it is important that you are kind and that you understand, okay, they're having a difficult time. How can I help? These things are important because when you're kind, instead of escalating the situation, you can make it better and you can de-escalate the situation. The key to changing a fighting dynamic or argument dy- arguing dynamic is you. Yep. You are the key. So this week, I just want to encourage you to be the change that you want in your marriage and to fight fair. Now, the song that we're going to listen to today is called The Same Old Thing, and it's about a couple who finds themselves in a cycle of arguments and disagreements. All right, so here's the song, The Same Old Thing.
1: Somebody please tell me what.
0: I would like to take the time to thank Anique Music for their continued support and sponsorship of the Music and Vibes podcast. Anique Music is the publishing company that represents all of the songs heard here on the podcast. So thank you so much, Anique Music, for your continued support. Guys, I just want to say thank you to you for listening and for tuning in and just hanging out with me each week. I do feel like we are... We've come so far since I first started the show, and I am so thankful for your constant and your continued support of the podcast. So thanks for hanging out with me this week. I have a blast every time we are together. I also want to ask you guys to please subscribe to the podcast, and here's why. I do want to start throwing out some new podcasts on different days, and in order for you to listen to them and get them and hear them, you need to subscribe. Because I may not always put it on Facebook, or I may not put it on Instagram. So, please, if you haven't already, please just click the subscribe button that I'm going to put um, in the show notes. Click the link to subscribe, and like I said, it'll take you to the Music and Vibes podcast page on iTunes. Click the listen to on Apple Music, and then you'll see, it'll take you to the page where the subscribe button is. So then just click the subscribe button, and you would be subscribed to the podcast. I also like to encourage you to share the podcast with any friend, any friend or family member that you have who needs this episode. I know that this episode is probably helping going to help people and aside from helping people, I know that it's encouraging to know that you don't have to fight. Now, when I found out about fighting fair, it was the best thing ever for my marriage, for my relationship for Everything. So, if you know someone out there who needs to know how to fight fair, please share this episode of the podcast with them so that they will also know how to fight fair. Guys, if you ever want to contact me or want to talk, I can be reached on the Music and Vibes Facebook page. You can just message me, or you can just send me an email. at, um, Or you can just go to our webpage, which is musicandvibes.com, and send me a message under the contact section. All right, well, I think that is it. Any questions for me? All right, I don't think I have anything else either. So if you guys think of anything, you can contact me on the Facebook page, or you can just go to musicandvibes.com and press contact and leave me a message. All right, well, guys, I think that's all for me today. So thank you so much for hanging out today, and I'll see you next week. Bye.
1: Oh